This episode of Rick and Rick Rule the World is brought to you by Taskin, the first name in ultra-stylish, premium-quality travel gear, like the exquisitely designed Taskin 1 expandable backpack. With nine practical variations, the Taskin 1 is always the right size for wherever life takes you next. Save 30% on your next purchase when you use the promo code RNRTAKE30. That's RNRTAKE30 at TaskinSF.com. In part two of Rick and Rick's Trend Watch 2023, the Ricks predict a reality check is just ahead for marketers buying into all the hype around ChatGPT and other popular generative AI apps. All right, I think generative AI is going to have a come to Jesus moment in 2023. Obviously, incredibly hyped right now. I don't know that it hits the trough of disillusionment in 2023, or maybe hit the brick wall of disillusionment. But I do think folks are going to have a reality check with a lot of this. Anyone who has spent any time playing around with this knows that this AI is not really creating so much as it's scanning and collecting and kind of regurgitating things that belong to other people. There will be ownership and plagiarism issues around it. Getty just launched a lawsuit against some of the image generating AI because these tools scan images online. Well, most images online are copyright protected. If you do a Google search, you can't just use the Google images. And so Getty is suing saying, if it's scanning our images, then whatever it's creating is based on copyrighted content. Now, to what degree that's all going to be worked out in the legal sphere? We don't know yet because it's not like you can easily track that back to that particular image from that particular photographer. I'm just saying for this generation of generative AI, I think there are going to need to be changes made. And I think some of the use cases that are getting all the hype now maybe need to get thought through a little bit more. There's ownership, there's inaccuracy. So if you're out producing blog posts, you have to check it because the AI doesn't know if something's accurate or inaccurate. There is voice. Reading a AI generated blog post is about like you'd imagine reading a robot generated blog post. There was a lot of buzz about an ad that Ryan Reynolds had put together for Mint Mobile. That's a fun ad, and he kind of showed us the prompts that he used to get the result, and it was like, throw in a swear word and do it all in the voice of Ryan Reynolds. And so the ad used were just that damn good, and this really isn't a thing, and stay classy, or whatever. Well, anyone who's played around with this knows that whoever did this for him probably spent more time perfecting the prompt to get the result that they got than they would have spent just writing the piece. And it probably wasn't the first output from that prompt. They probably ran it a couple times where it was plugging in different phrases that are associated with Ryan Reynolds until they got the one that they want. And all of these phrases are associated with them. I noticed some were just in news articles. It wasn't necessarily him. Like he was in an interview with Will Ferrell, who was wearing a Stay Classy t-shirt, for instance. That was, that was from Anchorman, by the way. Yeah, from Anchorman. And so somehow the AI had associated with him, but it could be a line of dialogue from one of his movies as well. But there's the formulaic voice, there is the ownership, there's the accuracy, also untimely. So for things like blog posts, ChatGPT, the data set goes up to 2021, so it's not like it's going to give you super timely information. And the real power of these tools, I don't think is going to be, at least this generation of it, in content creation. For all the hype that's getting today, I think once people play around with it, there's going to be like, okay. And then when these legal challenges come to the fore, I think it's going to have a 
to Jesus moment. The real power in this stuff is more for things like online customer care. It gives whole new life to chatbots that become actually very useful. Having more meaningful interactions with folks that is more human-like and in your brand voice. I see that as being very powerful. It doesn't run afoul of copyright laws or whatnot. And frankly, I think will just be a more intuitive experience for consumers, customers in both B2C and B2B. I think you're spot on and particularly how this could be used in customer service and chatbots and things like that. If I used to work for a chatbot company and they work with very large companies and they literally custom built for each of the customers something very similar to what you're talking about. And I think it's becoming more approachable and things have come a long way since then. But I, I think I think you're spot on. I, th- I think businesses will find a way to use this, you know, using content they already have. Imagine documentation. You know, you don't have to write documentation the way you did before. You just glean off of all the information that, that you've been giving out to customers and, you know, legal. Imagine, you know, the next version of LegalZoom powered by something like this. Anyways, I, I think that there, there's a big thing there. And I do agree with you. I think there's going to be a, a conflict point coming in the near future where copyright owners are going to throw out flags. And I think the really interesting one and the one I'm super curious where how it's going to net out is you talked about plagiarism. And I don't see how you get around this being plagiaristic. And so I think it would be interesting to see if students try to use this and what happens in that scenario. Yeah, just for folks who do decide, hey, I'm going to create content with ChatGPT. There's already a tool. I think it's called Zero GPT. It'll tell how much of this blog post was written by ChatGPT. So if you're some executive putting blog posts out there, people will say, uh, you didn't write that. ChatGPT did. Already that's available. And so for teachers, now there is a tool that they can run the content through and see exactly how much of this was created by it. So you are going to be found out. There are also dangers. Someone just the other day asked ChatGPT to give them code or malware. Phishing attacks. Just imagine the ability to create phishing attacks at scale in the voice of executives or based on company intel. So they're also going to have to be some guardrails put there. I did see a thing the other day where one of the generative AI app deals with code. Well, it's going and taking code against open source rules. It's just taking that code and reapplying it. People say, that's not allowed. So I think the next generation of this stuff is going to have some legal parameters put around it at some point here in the future, whether that's 2023 or later, I don't know. One prediction around that Mint Mobile thing. My prediction is that Ryan Reynolds is going to make bank this year when T-Mobile buys Mint Mobile. Oh, that's a prediction. That's an interesting one. I, I really hadn't even thought about that, but I could see that. One of the things that Ryan Reynolds and Maximum Effort, one of the things that, that they've done that I, I think is really cool is they've come up with a way of consistently being relevant very quickly. And I do believe we're going to see more brands try and do that. Yes. What Ryan Reynolds does so well is he piggybacks or hijacks points of tension in popular culture. He's able to say, this got a lot of online play because of this. And so I'm going to play with that. And that's what he did with ChatGPT is hey, everyone's talking about ChatGPT. Why don't I use it here? He's great at it. Yeah. You know, the trouble is he does it well, just hard stuff there, but because he is the head of the company. That's right. If you go to a larger marketing organization, think about the layers of BS and the layers of people who have to review things and do X, Y, and Z. And it just doesn't work at a certain size. That's right. Well, I saw an interview and I forget if it was him or somebody who works for his company. And they literally said just basically that because he is the head of the company and because he also 
government controls this agency, decisions are made on the spot. And the, and the specific examples they were giving is somebody had sent him a message, I think on Twitter, saying, I'd love to be in your commercial. And eight hours later, there was a commercial posted with that person in it. And he said that, that the reason they could do that is because they didn't have all the overhead. They didn't have all the decision makers. They didn't have a, a committee to say no. He just wanted to do it. So he did it. Yeah. Well, you look at 2023. The chance of a recession seems to fall somewhere between 50% and fate accompli. And so marketing budgets are probably going to get cut. And in reality, brands should be looking at the Ryan Reynolds shops of the world, you know, just the very small, very nimble shops, so long as they're given the ability to actually make decisions like that. Now, that's probably a tall to impossible order. He just happens to be in a very unique position. It's his brands. He owns part of Mint Mobile and it's his agency. And as you said, he's making these decisions very quickly. Not every brand can do that. But I, th- I think we're going to see quite a few brands try and copy that. And, and I think that's a good thing, by the way. Yeah, I think so. And what I was going to get to is all the issues that we're talking about here about the challenges on the client side. If you get a large agency with their own layers of management, those problems only get worse. That's right. So yeah, we can only hope that we'll see more of that in 2023. Join us next time for the conclusion of Trends Watch 2023. 